we bless you, God, tonight. We bless you tonight in the house. We bless your goodness, Lord. We bless your presence, God, tonight. Woo, we thank you for joy in the house. Joy is in the house. Joy is in the house, but joy, the joy of the Lord is in the house. Amen. You need some strength. The joy of the Lord is in the house. God is in the house. Hallelujah. He is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. And he's working overtime in this season of harvest to bring us into the truth because wherever there is no truth, there is a block and a hindrance to what God is trying to do. Wherever there is a lack of understanding, a lack of revelation, a lack of knowing, a lack of light, a lack of the seed being sown, then God can't have his way. And his way is good. His way is healing, it's provision, it's blessing, it's everything that is good, everything that you can imagine, dream of, think of. In the name of Jesus, that's God, that's who he is. And I thank you, Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus that you're removing and uncovering through the power of your word, Lord, every block, every hindrance in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we declare, Father, every heart in the name of Jesus, Lord, where we may have had our faith, God, in things other than you, we thank you, Father, tonight. You're setting things right. God, you're setting things right. God, you're setting things in order in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Every idol is being brought low. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We choose, God, to walk in the love of God, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in the truth and the light, God, of who you are. Lord, the truth, God, that you want to heal that you want to deliver, that you want to set free, Lord. Whatever it is, God, just like we sang, Lord, come however you want, revealing light and truth, God, in our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just agree tonight. Let's just agree, 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 agree for the healings and the miracles and the breakthrough in the name of Jesus in this season, hallelujah. I wanna say tonight, there's so much more. There's so much more, so much more that God wants us to experience, so much more of his goodness. There's so much more, and it's like we've literally just hit the, the tip of the iceberg, but you know what it's gonna take? You know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take in this hour, the body of Christ is gonna take each one of us to crave for the wisdom and the revelation and the understanding of God. It's gonna crave for us to understand God, his nature and his ways of doing things and then be willing and prepared to do what it takes to gain that understanding so those things that have been hidden those things that have been blocked, those things that God promised that we haven't seen the manifestation, that we would see those things in our lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, that's God's desire in this hour. In this hour of harvest, nobody wants harvest for you and me more than he does. Nobody does, nobody does, nobody does, nobody does. And you know what, the truth of the matter is as we go through these four weeks of healing, you know God would love it and we are gonna open up the altars and we are gonna lay hands but, uh, but you know what? What God is wanting us to do is he's wanting to teach us. But when we go to the altar, we, we have a portion and we have a part. 
So when we go to the altar, what, we are, what our expectancy is, because we understand how healing works, is that if, if we've been praying for healing, there's something that God wants to say to us. So when we go to the altar, we're not just standing there, you know, what do I do right now? I guess I just stand here and hope I don't fall or hope I do fall, wherever you stand. But what we're going to the altar to do is to commune with the Lord, is to hear from Him, to hear wisdom from Him that unlocks the things that God wants to get to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what he's doing in this hour. So as much as we love for everybody to come to the front and, and we love the presence of God and, and the presence of God is here and the glory of God is here, but there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. Can I say this? Gone are the days where people come to the altar and they it's beautiful that we do experience a touch from God and the peace of God. Sometimes that's all that we need and that's good enough. But when God's declaring to us harvest and that there's so much more, God wants us to come to the altars, maybe have lay, hands laid on us, but we've positioned ourselves in preparation to hear and to respond to that thing that God is saying because what God is saying will unlock the very thing that we went to the altar for in the name of Jesus. And gone are the days, I want to be able to say in faith, in the name of Jesus, where people go to the altar and they feel like they walk away and they either get what they came for but, or they don't know how to keep it or they go to the altar and they experience the peace of God, but they don't get what it is that God promised they could have when they went to the altar. Do you know that every time a prayer is prayed, do you know that God has positioned himself already? Do you know that the blood of Jesus has already paid a price? God wants to take that and, and take it from the place where it's not just information anymore, but it lodges itself in our hearts and, and creates such a determination in us to understand, to understand. So I love the presence of God. I love the presence of God. But there is such a determination in the heart of our Father. There is such a determination in His heart that healing would flow through bodies. That His healing that's been released in the name of Jesus through the power of His blood would make contact in your life and my life. And so you know what that means? It means that we need to open up the Word. It means that we need to take a look at some things. It means that, you know, I think the greatest, well, my favorite kind of service is where, you know, the Lord just flows and nobody looks at notes. But we need that, don't we? We need that. We need to understand. Because God wants his people well. He wants us well. And he's not okay with the few that get it and the many that don't. That's not okay with him. Amen? So, Pastor Liz, um, you can stop in the name of Jesus. Just extend your hands. Hallelujah. And, and you, we just all need to pull on the Lord tonight. Amen? Let's just all pull on the Lord God said that the joy of God is in this house. Can we turn up the lights in the house? 
I'm doing everything that I normally don't do because God wants to do something. Amen. Amen. So I need you to just extend your hands towards me. And let's, can we, shall we let God have his way? Amen. Shall we grow and shall we position ourselves to be willing to hear? Even if it doesn't sound so in the moment, but we're okay with that and we're willing to hear. If it's going to bring us to freedom, if it's going to get us to the other side, right? We're willing. Just say that tonight. Say, Lord, I'm willing. Say, Lord, I throw out every bit of fear and misunderstanding of you and your ways and what you desire. Lord, tonight, I open my heart to receive wisdom from your word. We're healing and receiving your promises and all that you have are concerned in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is what we're doing tonight. In the name of Jesus, according to... I'm going to get myself settled so that I don't stand up and I stay here. I don't know that I ever thought I would ever, and, and we may not get there, but when even I went to Mark chapter 4, well, we may, not, we may not read it, but it's in my notes. I was amazed. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. So here's what's happening tonight in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10. This is what God wants to do. He says, I have put my words in your mouth. My word that the Bible says is alive, it's quick, it's powerful, it won't return void. He says he's put his words in our mouth and he says that he has, he has this day set us over nations and over kingdoms to do what? to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. And he calls us in the book of Jeremiah, he's speaking to the prophet, you know, that's, that's his mandate, that's what he's going to do. And you and I are doing that, we're learning how to do that first in our own life. What it looks like to root out, to allow the Lord to come in and root out any misconceptions of who he is, and his ways of doing things, those misconceptions are blocks to healing or the things in our lives that we desire. Okay, so um, hallelujah, say amen, that's what God's going to do. Let me start with an announcement tonight because we are going to open up the altars. In the name of Jesus, we're going to open up the altars and we are going to see God touch bodies in Jesus name and we're gonna we're going to what we're gonna experience tonight let's let's all release our expectancy is more than a touch from God and more than uh, you know a little bit of healing but we want God to take it all away amen amen, amen. amen. thank you Lord so this Saturday um, from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock we have um, a miracles team meeting i think that's the correct name of it it's from 10 i was gonna say p.m but a.m to 1 p.m in the afternoon and it's basically teaching us what it looks like to be a discipler of christ how to operate fully how to mimic jesus and do what he did when he walked on this earth 
to learn what that was and to learn how to express that and walk in the fullness of it. The Bible says that all of creation is groaning and waiting for the sons of God to take their place. And how many of you know that we can be in services and we can hoop and holler and jump up and down, uh, but you know what, we, and we maybe can mimic him for a day or a week, but there's something in this hour called harvest that God wants to set in stone in our lives. The name of the game is discipleship. The name of the game is that not only we would come to know Christ, but that we would learn the nature of God, the ways of the kingdom, and that would be who we are. Not what we're trying to do, but we would come into alignment with who God says we are so that everywhere we go, we bring presence. Everywhere we go, we bring kingdom. Everywhere we go, we bring goodness and we we bring the will of God. It just is what oozes out of who we are. We are learning how to be naturally supernatural people. Amen? Because we were never meant to live one natural day in all of our lives. But something happens when all we do is we get excited, we forget. And when we just get excited and we jump up and down, sometimes that word that is powerful and is able to change our lives never actually has a chance to settle. You know that sometimes you're reading your Bible and you're reading so fast. There's a big difference between reading quickly and slowing down to the place where not only are you hearing internally, what your eyes are seeing, and maybe what your mouth is speaking. But now, because you're slowing down, there's some emotion that you're surprised that's being released because you slowed down, and now you're actually experiencing the words on the page rather than just reading them. We are slowing it down so that we get it. Because the truth is, when we go so fast, you know, if I was shooting out a grocery list while you're running out the door and there's 10 things on the grocery list, chances are you might get one or two. And I think a lot of times that's what's been happening. And so what God's doing is, he's, as I said, he's slowing things down so that we can harvest what it is that God has. So Saturday, 10 to 1 p.m., if that's you, you would say, you know what? Yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, I want to be that. Everywhere I go, my Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, show up 10 a.m. in the name of Jesus. Um, so we just finished three days of our vacation Bible school. Is that what it was called? Kids camp. Woo! For everyone. Come on. Yay! For all of our kids camp workers in the name of Jesus. We are so grateful. Uh, I, I tell you, last night, um, Jenny and I had an opportunity to pray for Emma. And, um, you know, she just wanted today, knowing that today was her final day, she just wanted today to just be such a great day. She, she wanted so much for it to touch the children. She just began to weep. And as Jenny was praying for her, I sat there and I, th I marveled. And I thought, you know what, Lord, you have someone who is emboldened and impassioned for everything that you are impassioned about that you are passionate about 
And I was so blessed. And so, uh, so many testimonies. She said, our kids did, because we had kids from the community that came in. Um, there was a woman from the community who so much wanted her children to come. And one of you um, said, you know, I don't have any children, but I, I would like to bless some children. So that was awesome. So someone from the community was able to come. She said that our children, as there was community kids here, our children, she said, did such an amazing job of being a godly example to all of those kids. And they didn't shy back, she said. They didn't shy back. You know, sometimes that can happen when your friends out there who don't know everything that you, you do, that you do so freely in church, but maybe you don't do so comfortably outside of church. She said they were so free and so comfortable, and they led the way so that others were able to experience it. So there were so many great things. So if you were involved, uh, Miss Emma, thank you so much. Awesome. I tell you, like for Pastor Ian and I, I think this is our second year where Pastor Jess did not have to be involved. And it's so wonderful that we're seeing growth in people. And not just we're not just putting people, you know, in places. We're, we're really believing for excellence everywhere so that people who are taking positions in this ministry, just like Emma weeping over the children, are passionate about the coffee. They're passionate about what you're experiencing on the internet. They're passionate about preaching of the word, passionate about ministering to children. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And the truth of it is, is that when, when each one of us allows God, when we come to that place where we lay our lives down and give them to him, true fulfillment honestly is found in doing the things that God has called you to do. I mean, there's nothing more fulfilling than after you have put hours and hours and hours in, sometimes to stand back and watch those kids hear from Jesus, Amen. lift their hands to the Lord and worship, where you have sweat and worked and put lots of hours in, and that moment where you see execution and you see how well things went. Wow, God. Wow, God. I'll tell you, that's what keeps you going in the kingdom. God is so faithful. That's why he wants us to learn his ways in this season of harvest so that we can not only experience, but we can duplicate. And for too long in the faith camp, people were coming to the altar, but becoming so frustrated with God and frustrated with his ways, his word, and, and coming to the place where they feel like they were going to exit, they were going to stray, they couldn't endure, they couldn't hold to the end because there were pieces that were missing. And you know what? God's not willing that those pieces remain missing any longer. So that's why we are doing what we're doing tonight. I want to share with you, um, did you get your notes? So my notes. You should frame these, and this is something that I don't normally do. I don't live by notes. I like to flow, so maybe they'll be worth something one day. But um, So what they are really desiring to do, the they in this ministry who do things so excellently, is that once this is all said and done, that you would be, this is the Lord's desire, that you would be equipped that at, at the sign of a symptom, at the sign of a sniffle, at the onset of that thing, you have tools that you've been equipped with that you can pull out 
and they will bring you exactly what you need. Isn't that good? So good. So you have your own scriptures, faith for supernatural healing, salvation for our spirit, peace for our mind, healing for our body. If you didn't get these, the handout, don't look at your notes, put them down. Don't hold me to these, please. <laughs> but if you need them, just lift your hands in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to give a testimony um, that goes along with this. I had a woman come to me on Sunday, and I shared it last night. I see a hand, couple of hands. Ushers, do we have sheets? So hallelujah, there they go, promptly are going. Um, I had a woman come to me on Sunday, and I shared this, as I said, last night. I don't know if you were here. It was a Tuesday night prayer maybe about a month ago. Oh, no, I shared it on a Sunday morning. It was just a prompting of the Lord. And basically, the encouragement of the Lord then um, was basically those things in our lives that we have been praying for and praying for and praying for. God said, stop praying and start praising. How many of you remember that? You remember that? Yes. Okay. So this woman said to me, um, her daughter, who has been dealing with arthritis for 21 years, years she said that day she heard that word from the lord as though it came from the lord which it did and she meditated on it so that it actually affected what she did right and so she said she heard it as though it was the lord and she heard it as though it was a key for her situation and she applied it and she said she stopped praying and she started praising. And so she gave me a testimony on Sunday. She said, 21 years and lots, of, and lots and lots of prayer and lots of doing all kinds of medical things and healthy things to really very little avail. And so she said they, they received a doctor's report that she is completely free of all arthritis and all inflammation. Woo! Yay, God! So that is a good segue. I think we need the lights up, all the way up, please. Because I need to see your faces, that you're getting this. I wish I could take my glasses off because I see my notes, but not you really clearly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I, I read um, a, a, a brief blog. Thank you. There you all are. Yay, from the front to the back. Say, I'm getting this tonight in the name of Jesus. Let's, let's stay engaged, shall we? Let's, let's keep this atmosphere so full of expectation and a determination to get this that it's so easy for me, that it's so easy for me, and that we receive, we don't have to fight for it, we just have to open our ears, right? The Bible says, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And it comes with the connotation of understanding. Pay attention so that you can hear and understand what it is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen? So I am sharing with you right now a blog from Caroline Leaf. How many of you know Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf? Lots of you know her. She is a cognitive neuroscientist and so there's this understanding of the brain and uh, you know how it affects the body 
Okay, how it's going on up here and in here affects our physical body. And so um, she says this in a blog, Thoughts Are Real. On April the 30th, two, 2014, by Caroline Leaf, she says, Thoughts have substance. And she says, Your thoughts produce the body's building blocks which cause that, that cause change. Okay? Your thoughts produce... The body's building blocks that cause change. Your thoughts, my thoughts, produce the body's building blocks that cause change. So if you're here tonight and you need change, then God has designed things in such a way that if we would cooperate and understand with God and what he's saying and what he wants to do, then we receive freely what God is offering. But if we continue to want it a certain way, and God's saying, well, it, you can want it that way until the end of days, and it's just not coming that way, like Naaman, who wanted a certain way, and he's like, you know, go wash in this pool, and he's like, well, don't you know, it's filthy and dirty, and I don't really want to do it that way until he finally humbles himself and basically paraphrase, right, it's coming this way or no way. And so that's what we're doing is we are learning to open our hearts and minds to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and we're bringing, allowing ourselves to come to a place where all fear of God and his nature all fear from the past, all disappointment of the past. We're learning how to deal with those things so that we can honestly, truly open our hearts to the Lord and receive. Because the truth of the matter is, you've heard Jenny teach and Pastor teach on the paradigm. This is very paraphrased. But what we, our belief systems create thoughts that release emotions that release some form of action. We know it that way. But that creates a cycle. So now what happens is what you're saying, what you are thinking about and feeling in your life and acting on is a belief system. Now, if that's negative, then that means what you're believing, that belief system is actually a block. God has designed us in such a way that the power of the word would keep us locked in that system of how things work, that what we believe when it's true and it's right based on the will of God and the word of God, what we believe will release thoughts. It has thoughts that line up with that belief system or that make up that belief system that release emotions and feelings, right? That will, those emotions and feelings can sometimes drive us. Now, years ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tina, if your emotions don't line up with my will, if they don't line up with faith, then he said, throw them out. You can't trust them. But when your feelings line up with their feelings that are adding to the will of God, then those feeling, feelings will literally embed that they will work to embed this process inside of us. Those emotions will literally cause that truth or that reality, that belief system in God to go deeper and deeper and deeper and wash away everything that is contrary to that. So that's the name of the game. God is all about exposing any belief system that is contrary 
to his way, and we need Holy Spirit for that. I can't tell you how many times in my life or how many stories over the years of ministry that I have heard from people where, you know, this beautiful story of Balaam, right, and Balak, you know, where he has this predisposition or this desire in his heart, and because the emotion and the belief system are so intense, now when he's going before the Lord, he's hearing essentially what he wants to hear. And what the scripture is showing us is he's hearing through. That desire now has become an idol. He's so hooked on this thing that he wants that he can no longer hear clearly. How many of you know that when we approach, that's super dangerous. And when we approach the Lord, we need to learn how to approach him wholeheartedly. And we need to learn to approach him with an open heart. And we need to learn that when we approach God, we do so honestly, not caring about what the outcome is because we spent enough time with him and in his word and around people who know him and love him and trust him. That when we come to him, we know, Father, you know best. Daddy, you know best. Daddy, the future that you have for me, like Jeremiah says, is good. The plans that you have for me are good. They are plans for me to prosper, God. They are plans for me to succeed. But see, all of these things are what I would call blocks. All of these preconceived belief systems, ideas or notions that we just think are not harming us, that we just hang on to, but we're not really doing business to eradicate them. We need to, in this season of harvest, ask Holy Spirit to shine the light of truth on anything that we may be harboring in our heart that's known or unknown, 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 that literally can be blocking and we could be in a place of frustration because we are unknowingly holding on to, I can't tell you how many people over the years where I might have said something like, I think you're mad at God. And they would say, oh, never. That was unheard of a few years ago. Nobody ever admitted to being mad at God until all of this work of exposing the issues of the heart and that God was okay with it. And that God needed us to be honest with ourselves so that we could get that thing out of the way and actually see the flow of God in our life. Years ago, no one would admit it. But I can't tell you how many people over the years or, or ministering to them and they, you know, you're in a session and sitting with them and you feel maybe by the Spirit of the Lord, this is what the issue is. And they're like, oh, no. No, 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 it's not that. Couldn't be. And at the end of a few hours of it, they say it, you're like, I said that three hours later (laughs) or earlier. Hallelujah. So thoughts have substance. They're working for us or against us. Amen. Our thoughts produce the body body's building blocks that cause change. Our thoughts determine what our brain becomes. Wow, our thoughts determine what our brain becomes. Our quality, listen to this, our quality of life depends on what our brain has become. Wow, our quality of life depends. Garbage in, how many of you heard that? Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. Right, garbage in, garbage out. I heard a minister the other day, he said, you know, in Genesis chapter 6, the scripture talks to us about 120 years. And, you know, he says, if we don't renew our minds and get that into our subconscious, 
then we are, we are locked into this idea of 70 or 80 years. And if we're not careful, that thing is subconsciously working against us because that's just the way that we have, you know, we've been trained knowingly or unknowingly in our life. And so if we don't work against that and feed that truth into our subconscious, that's working against us. And so when we start hitting or people start hitting, not us, you know, 50, 60, all of a sudden, your brain, what you believe, your mind, the spirit of your mind. See, the thing about hope is, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, that hope is determined to go and, and bring to us, or faith will go and get, sorry, what the blueprint that's inside of us, the picture that's inside of us, what we really believe or expect is going to happen. Now, your knower doesn't know the difference between whether or not it's good or bad. It just knows there's a blueprint in the heart. Go bring it to pass. There's an image in the heart. There's a belief system in the heart. Go bring it to pass, whether it's good or bad, which is why in the book of Genesis, the Lord intervenes because he says, right, the imaginations of the heart of man was only evil continually, and I need to go and interrupt things because where they are headed is not good. And so I need to go and interrupt things so that my will and my plan and my purpose will come because I love man. And I desire that my will and my plan and my purpose will come to pass. Does that make sense? So that's what we're doing is we're allowing Holy Spirit to interrupt this cognitive brain function and these things that we hide in our heart. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have to hide the word of God in my heart so that it will guide and direct my life. That's why we give time to the things of God. It's why we show up to church. It's why we listen to the teachings that God and read the books that God is directing us to. Because what we're doing knowingly and unknowingly is we are reinforcing a belief system that is literally guiding and directing our life because it was always meant to be easy. God never designed it to be difficult. It's only a challenge in that season of our life when God has revealed to us belief systems like lack, belief systems like sickness and disease, like dying young, like my family always had that sickness and disease and generations have died that way or generations have been plagued that way or God, you're not good. God, where have you been good? You know, and when we come to the altar, it's wonderful that people who are agreeing with us come to the altar and they bring the presence of the Lord and they bring their faith. But what's supposed to be happening in our hearts when we come to the altar, like I said, is that we need to have a God encounter in that moment we need words we need words from god why because he said his words are life they are health they are medicine to our flesh amen so she goes on to say our quality of life depends on what our brain has become the mind controls the brain and the brain controls the body The mind controls the brain, the muscle, that tells your body what to do. What does the Bible say? Gird up the what? Gird up the 
loins of your mind. Protect, protect what it is that you hold as truth in your life. And be sure, that's what the scripture says, be careful that the light that is in you is not darkness. For how great is that darkness? If we think what we're believing is true and it's a lie, that God is Zeus, that God gets mad, that God is not unconditionally loving and forgiving and merciful, then the first time we mess up, the enemy is able then to come in with that wrong belief system that we have and cause us not to receive the grace and the mercy of God. We're not going to come to the altar if we feel like God's mad at us. We're not going to run boldly like the scripture says to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help and grace to help in a time of need. We're going to run in the opposite direction. Is that true? That's true. And we're not going to be able to, the Bible says, that when your heart or my heart condemns me, I can't pray with confidence. And if I'm not praying in faith and with confidence, then I'm not seeing things in my life change. And then what am I doing? I'm, I'm just going like that little gerbil around and around and around and around. And the deception is then that, that I think just because I'm showing up that my life is changing. And the only way our lives change when we show up is that we come as a student, like the Word of God encourages us, to be a good Berean and to study to show ourselves approved, a workman unto God that maketh not ashamed. Why? Because when we study the Word and truth comes, we walk in victory. So God is encouraging us when we show up to pay attention. And the necessity of showing up, because the Bible says his word is a lamp and it's a light. So when you're sitting here, the intention of Holy Spirit is to shine the light in those areas of your heart, my heart, where we have slipped. And the word exhorts us, right, to not neglect so great a salvation. How will we escape? If we neglect the ways of God, if we neglect to fill ourselves up, if we neglect to build ourselves up with truth, we live in a world where we are being drained of truth every moment of every day. And we need to come to the place where we realize that we we do ourselves a favor when we replenish. When we replenish. When we allow that word to do what it was designed to do. So the mind controls the brain, and the brain controls the body. Wow. Last week we read a scripture that was very enlightening out of the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 to 26. Okay, and we talked about this issue just to summarize very briefly that wrong emotions steer us away from the truth. Because the truth of the matter is, just like all of these scriptures, we're, we're allowing the word of God to build a case about God, who he is. Exodus 15 says, I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 105 says he brought them out with silver and gold. We got to know God. We got to know his desire. We have to know his nature so we can bank our life on it. We have to know when we come to the altar, if we haven't done anything right, God, am I okay to come to the altar? 
God, am I going to receive even though I'm not perfect? I haven't done everything right today. Who are you? How do you think? How do your ways work? I have to know that. And the word of God in our lives is there so we can build a case like a good lawyer because the Bible says that Satan is the what? The accuser of the brethren. And he comes to accuse us that we aren't who we say we are, that we can't receive, that we've done too much wrong. He accuses those who are around us. He accuses the motives. He, 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 he is the accuser of the brethren. And so God's desire is that we would know him to the power of his word. And then Hebrews chapter 13 says, Jesus Christ, the same, this is a powerful scripture, yesterday, today, and forever. Why is that powerful? Because if Jesus, the book tells us, Acts of Acts tells us, went about doing good and healing what? All. What? All. Who? All who are oppressed of the devil. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then guess what? I can go boldly to the throne of grace, and I don't have to put up with symptoms and circumstances in my life. But God's intention is that I would walk in freedom. So use these. They, they arm us. Right? The Bible says, let this mind be in you. The word of God arms us. Gird up the loins of your mind. With what? With the truth. Because why? Because the enemy comes for the, Mark 4 tells us what? For the sake of the? For the sake of the? For the sake of the? He comes to steal the word. So I'm here and I'm giving you truth. And, his, and the Lord's desire is that we would pay attention, my son. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Right? Don't just, uh, learn how. We have to learn. What does it look like to focus? What does it look like to be disciplined? What does it look like in a world where there are so many distractions to set our face, like the Bible says, like flint on God and on this thing that we are working on. We're working on healing. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Because God's intention is that we would walk in healing, that we wouldn't go from sick to healed and sick to healed and sick to healed. That was never the intention of God. His intention is, is that that belief system would be based on the word of God it would create thoughts around God. It would release emotions that, of thanksgiving and joy and all of that that would cause this cycle and we would respond accordingly and we'd be so locked in it for the rest of our lives that things wouldn't even be able to get us. Kenneth Hagin's testimony, he had such a revelation of the love of God, he said it was years and years and years before he literally even had the symptom of a headache in his life. Because he learned, he became a student of God. We can know. We can know. The truth is, every single one of us has the mind of Christ. The, uh, the lie of the accuser is that some of us are called to get this and some of us are not. The lie of the accuser is that some of us can pay attention and some of us don't know how to. The lie of the accuser is that some of us are smart and some of us are not. 
But the Bible tells us that God has given us the mind of Christ. Each one of us has the ability to hear the word of God and understand it. Every single one of us. So when you open up your Bible and you feel like, I don't understand this, your spirit man is understanding it. What you're encountering is a wrong belief system that says, I can't understand because I'm not smart. My teacher told me I wasn't smart. I'm not a good student. So your brain wants to shut off, but your spirit is receiving. So what we need to say is, that's just not true. Those thoughts that I'm feeling right now, they're just not based off of truth because the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. So I know one thing, it's just a matter of time where Romans says, if I will stay in this, that my mind will be transformed if I will stick it out and believe what God says about me more than what I am experiencing in my thought life in my feelings. Faith is not moved by what it sees, by what it feels. It's moved by the word of God. And that's where, when we have a wrong belief system and we need to shut this off, we have a wrong belief system that's causing wrong thoughts, that's causing wrong feelings. Now we're in trouble because now what we're about to do is the blessing is about to be blocked again and again and again. And what we need to be able to do is we need to override our feelings. We need to override our feelings so we do what is absolutely contrary to what we believe for a season until our belief system lines up with truth. That's what faith looks like. That's why so many people have trouble with faith because we don't necessarily have enough faith in God, enough faith in his word. We don't spend enough time in it. We don't believe that we can understand it. And so now when the emotions come, we just, you know, we let our emotions lead us instead of saying, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a cycle. I'm in a cycle. Deja vu. I've been here before. I don't like where this is taking me. The only way out is that I don't respond to what I'm feeling right now. That's my only way out. The Bible says no man, the book of James, can tame the tongue. No man. No man, no man. Why do we get filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do we pray out the perfect mysteries of God? Why do we give ourselves to time? Because the truth is, if we ever want to control what we say, if we ever want to control what we do, when we we're in that temporary place where things don't line up, is we pray in the Holy Spirit. And Jude tells us that when we give ourselves to do that, because we know we're in a cycle, and we know we're in a process, and we need the strength of God in order to do what is absolutely contrary contrary what we've done for years and years and years and years and years holy spirit has come to help us to strengthen us to inspire us to comfort us in that moment where everything inside of us is screaming but it requires that we do something different than we've always done strength from god strength from his word grace empowerment from the holy spirit to do what isn't common sense, but is actually who we are. Oh my gosh, I haven't even done my summary. How did that happen? Gloria Copeland gets like five hours for healing school, okay? First Timothy chapter two, well maybe we didn't get it last time. 
verses 24 to 26. Are you getting this? It's so exciting because it's so full of hope. It's so full of hope. And when we see that cycle that we've been just literally going around and around and around, and now we get it. We realize that we've been being led by our feelings. We've been being led, and there's an answer. There's a solution to that. I must fill myself up with truth. I must pray in the Holy Spirit, not out of a ritual, not out of legalism, not out of tradition, but out of a necessity. Because what's on the other side of that is what we want. It's what we need. It's what we've been longing for. It's why we've been so frustrated. We give ourselves to that. And there's a determination and a fixedness and a focus and say, God, you are not a man that you could lie. It's impossible for me to do the word of God, to sow the seed, like Mark says, and me not receive a harvest on it. The Bible says the sower sows the word. And the word goes into the heart and the man goes to sleep and he rises up and he doesn't understand. But, but the heart was designed to produce. Our heart was designed by God like ground to handle the seed of the word of God and know exactly what to do with it if we will work the system of God. But if we don't work the system, we can't be so surprised at the things in our life that are still the way we don't want them to be. This is not hard. It's easy. He said, my yoke is what? My yoke is, my word is easily entreated. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. It's easy. The ways of the word, the ways of transformation, the ways of change. Now, maybe, you're, maybe it's not easy for your emotions, but for you, where do you live? This is a muscle that we programmed that can be reprogrammed, dumped, and reprogrammed. This is me. This is where I abide. After a long life when I go home, length of days and years of life worth living and peace, and this body falls, this is real me inside here, where Holy Spirit occupies. That's everything that is good. read the scripture. How are we going to do this? Lord Jesus. I want to read the scripture. Wrong emotions steer us away from... Everybody okay? Give me a couple more minutes. We want to be able to pray too. So I'm going to release you and if you need to go then hallelujah. You'll miss it. And you don't want to miss it. Wrong emotions steer us from the truth, causing us to oppose the truth and harden our heart. Wrong emotions will steer us from truth, causing us to resist it and harden our hearts. And isn't that what, what the scripture talks about Israel? That we're not to harden our hearts as they did in the day of the provocation where God was leading them into the promised land, but they never entered the place 
of promise. Sure. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 to 26 says this. This is what we're doing. We are, through the instruction of the Lord, instructing our hearts in areas where the truth has been opposed. Why? Because God's desire is that in those areas where our hearts have opposed the truth, change will come and the truth will be received and learned and acted upon. When we receive the truth, the scripture says, we will come to our senses and escape from the devil's trap. It goes on to say that when we allow our hearts to stay in the place where we are dictated by our negative, the negative circumstances in life that we may have experienced and the mountain of emotions that they have created on the inside of us, the scripture shines light and tells us what our location is. It says like this, then they will come to their senses when they receive truth and escape from the devil's trap. It says that they have been held captive by the enemy to do whatever he wants. God wants us free from the snare of the enemy from the foothold of the enemy. He wants our faith to be strong and active and producing in this natural world what God desires it to do, that faith will not be shipwrecked. And that every block would be removed. this truth Holy Spirit we realize that we need you idea of prayer, the idea of healing brings up 
much negativity or so much disappointment. God, we just open up our hearts to you tonight in the name of Jesus. And we just say, Lord, we surrender those negative emotions, God. We know that negative emotions are not based off of truth. Lord, there's nothing negative or bad about you. And so if it's negative, it's not God, and we're surrendering it to you, Lord. We're surrendering disappointment doesn't come from heaven. We're surrendering that to you, God, and we're just coming, God. We're just coming, and we're inviting you, Holy Spirit, into that place, God, where maybe the idea of prayer stirs up fear or stirs up disappointment. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you right now in the name of Jesus to come into our hearts, Lord, to come into those places, Lord, where the automatic reef reflex of our heart, Lord, would be a wall that would go up to you, God. Well, Lord, we know that it's impossible to have breakthrough as long as there's a heart. So tonight, God, we just say, come into those places of fear. Come into those places of disappointment, God. Come into those places of disillusionment, God. Come into those places, God, of unforgiveness, Lord. The traps and the snares, God, of the enemy, Lord. We open up our hearts to you, God. We open up our hearts to you, Lord, and we declare in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we trust you, that we trust you, that you're not a man that you would lie, that you're a God who's good, that you're a God who's powerful, you're a God who's made his will very clear, very clear, very clear, God, where healing is concerned, God. We thank you that you're not a respecter of persons, Lord, that you don't play favorites, God, that receiving, Lord, is a gift. It's not something that we earn, God. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we invite you in. We invite you in. We invite you in. We invite you in. Just invite them in. If you're here tonight and you need healing, just invite them in. Just invite them in. Just invite them in. Invite them in in the name of Jesus. Invite them in to touch those areas that need touches. Just say that, say, Holy Spirit, come and touch that area. Come and touch that area with healing in the name of Jesus. It's my will. As an act of my will, I choose that every wall towards you would come down in Jesus' name. And I invite you in tonight, Lord, as an act of my will. As an act of my will, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, open up your heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch. Come, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. More and more, Lord. More and more, Lord. More and more, Lord. We let you in. We let you in. We let you in. We let you in. We let peace reign. We let peace reign in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we let you in. We declare that you're God. We declare that you're good. And we declare your will, God. Your will is that none would perish. That not one would be sick. Not one would be feeble. God, not one. In the name of Jesus, we let you in. We invite you in. We invite you in. We let peace in. 